Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome. <laughs> I feel a little bit croaky there. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully that doesn't say much about the start of 2023. Hopefully it's a, a minimally non-croaky uh, start. <laughs> well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So welcome back to our uh, regular programming, the first of the new year. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. I know. I know. We're diving on in. Feet forward. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting my comfy slippers back on again. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yep. We're sitting in front of the fireplace. We are. In our minds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right on. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, well, you promised us that the Relationship Desk of Love would be back on, and I'm really excited. Let's shake her out of her holiday reverie and say what's going on at that desk. The love desk is back. back That's right. Back. Yeah, right on. Cool. <laughs> and shaking. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so today, uh, I'm hoping this is going to set us all up for a successful uh, 2023. With awesome. With our partners. Okay. Or um, significant people within our lives. Oh, yeah. Right on. Okay. So, five powerful ways to help your partner feel heard. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yes. I need this. Keep going. Let's go. Okay, so the first one on the list is clarify. Mm, okay. So what this means is stop making assumptions. We talk about assumptions a lot on the podcast and just ask. So look for ways to say kind of what did you mean when you said this? Mm-hmm. Or can you give me an example of whatever? Nice. Yep. So we're looking for ways to clarify rather than jump into the conclusion that we know kind of what our partner means um and this works in all relationships not just in your intimate relationships mm-hmm. um so really kind of digging deep asking some questions really just getting crystal clear on what your partner means nice and what they're saying oh nice okay i like it okay number two paraphrasing mm. so paraphrasing is when we repeat back what we think we've heard um, so it helps us then to, again, kind of move beyond this assumption stage so we can kind of go back and say, you know, so what I'm hearing is and then we share those words back. Mm. Or I think what you mean when you say that is and again, we'll kind of, you know, share back what, what we have heard. Mm-hmm. And it's a real strong tool to be able to, you know, really, again, get kind of crystal clear about what it is you're hearing, mm-hmm. because we know that to listen and to hear or actually slightly two different things mm-hmm. you've got it oh yeah. nice okay okay number three is to empathize mm, yeah okay so this is where we kind of you know share the experience we can say things like um that sounds really frustrating um it must have been a difficult situation you were in so we're really trying to, to understand what you know a situation or a specific incident or how how our partner was feeling in a moment or you know depend on kind of what they're sharing back with you mm-hmm. maybe it's something that's happened to them at work that day mm-hmm. um you know maybe it's they've come up against something the boss has kind of said 
no, you can't do something. And it was something that we're really excited about. You know, you'd be saying things like, I know how excited you were about going ahead with that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you must be pretty pissed that your boss has said no. So you can really kind of empathize and, and help to feel the same way that your partner's feeling. Oh, yeah. And I just take note, Mm. suggesting solutions hasn't come up yet. (laughs) Just say, (laughs) or trying to fix stuff has not come up yet. We're not fixing anything. We're only on number three, but I'm pretty sure it's not on the list. (laughs) Right, exactly. Okay, just take note, everyone. Just take note. Okay, keep going. But you're right. Like, that's the key thing that we're trying to do is we want to fix it, right? So we want to say, oh, why don't you go back to your boss with this suggestion Mm. or da-da-da? And we want to be able to provide a solution because we're not, we're not comfortable with other people's unhappiness. Oh my gosh, yes. Totally. Number four, ask open-ended questions. Mm-hmm. And an open-ended question is... Well, how are you feeling about that? Yeah. So anything that doesn't end in a kind of yes or a no is an open-ended question. Mm-hmm. We want the other person to really kind of share something back. And we provide, you know, we, we position it in such a way that it allows that space, that ability to be able to share something back wow totally it gives the other person a real chance to kind of to speak and to say what's on the mind going back to that fixing thing when we jump to solutions or we want to fix a problem it's almost like we're shutting down what you what you're saying Mm -hmm. it's like I don't you know I don't want to hear any more about it I want to be able to provide you with a solution and then we can move on and get back to what we're doing Mm. but the reality is we know that when when we're in a state of flux or unhappiness then the majority of the time we just want to talk about it because by talking about it we release that negative energy of the you know that space that we're in yeah or you know it comes with happiness as well we might just want to experience the moment Mm. I want to share like how amazing that thing that happened today was oh yeah and number five be present oh Mm. (laughs) meaning cell phone at least three feet away from your person yeah Mm -hmm. There's nothing worse. I did a, um, an exercise once. I was doing this volunteering thing. I did this exercise with two people. I can't remember if I shared this on the podcast before, so apologies if I have. Um, but the, so you were having a conversation. You had to share something about uh, um, something that you'd experienced where it was kind of a moment of happiness and you were sharing this with this other person. The other person had been secretly um, coached to um, halfway through you kind of, sharing your you had two minutes to share something halfway through they had to be really distracted and kind of pick up the phone and then kind of you're talking away and you don't know anything about this and the other person's kind of like there on the phone and the and then they'll kind of look up and kind of go oh yeah yeah kind of carry on oh. and so you, you carry on sharing it and as this experience unfolds you can literally I felt within my body like real kind of discomfort and unhappiness and I was like why would you ask me to share this experience and now you're not even listening like what is it that's going on like how rude is that like and you can feel yourself getting more and more aggrieved so it's a really good powerful reminder about how important it is to be present in the moment and just take time to listen and not interject Mm -hmm. just allow the other person to speak and um, feel like they are heard wow yeah Oh my gosh, yes. And even when 
It's the same as distracted driving. Like in Toronto, there's very, very tough penalties, like very tough penalties for distracted mm. driving. Coming when I moved back from New York, I was just sitting at a, at a, at a stoplight in a long left-hand turn lane. And I was just on my phone doodling as I would be in New York City, right? You're multitasking. Mm. And a cop, it, the windows were down because it was summer. And a, po- a cop kind of like pulled alongside and he was like, yeah, that will get you two points on your license yeah. and a $300 yeah, fine. Yeah. So stop that shit now. And you could see my New York plates, right? So he was like, yeah, that's yeah. not happening in the city. And the premise being that even when you don't think you're distracted, you are. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And not yeah. only can you crash vehicles, but you can also crash relationships. Yeah. 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 That's a really powerful thing. Mm-hmm. It is indeed. So I do coach a few men who are married to women. And uh, they have been sent for coaching to rehabilitate their ways and to become more emotionally available. Now, Mm. relationship uh, repair is a two-way street, but they come with a narrative of, I'm right, he's wrong, go fix him. And so, okay, so that that is the opening assignment. (laughs) But what often happens is that men are, number one, very uncomfortable with emotion because that's the way men are socialized. And number two is they identify with being fixers. Like that's their their role. So- the second that anybody starts talking, they start scanning the conversation for where's the solution, where's the fix, just like you say. Yeah. It's in a, but I think the really hard part is like the people that I coach make a lot of money in their day job for doing just that. Yeah. So if yeah. you are a lead professional, a high, you know, a, an experienced professional, if you're a higher level like C-suite, VP plus sort mm. of manager, your job is to cut people off when you've heard enough to say, okay, I know what's going on here. This, that, and the other is what we'll do. It's called decisiveness. It's called clear leadership. Um, where feelings don't, you know, as a VP, you're like, I don't care what you feel. I need to make solutions that sort of suit the stock, you know, the shareholder or the bottom line. So Mm. the problem is, is that a lot of these folks have to go from their day job where they spend the majority of their day and code switch to be with their partner, where the exact opposite things are valuable. Mm. And that's really hard. I just wanted to honor the folks out there who (laughs) just bring what they bring at work and they realize that their marriage is suffering as a result. Yeah. Well, in marriage, it's not a work assignment, right? Oh, yeah. So these five (laughs) steps and none of them say bottom line and get the job done and find a solution. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Oh, okay. You are welcome. We're starting off on a bang. We are indeed. Are you um, ready for a hot topic? Yes. Today's hot topic, acceptance versus deal breakers. Uh Aha. Aha. Yep. (laughs) Very apropos for January, right? You're coming out of the stupor of the holidays and it's the cold winds of truth that are hitting you in the face and it's like Mm. do i keep accepting this or are these deal breakers yes yeah yeah Yeah. in terms of situations in your in your relationship yeah Mm. yeah i think this is really hard actually i think this is one of those areas that um it's just really tricky because you know where is the line where's the line I mean there are some things that are kind of a hard no and in some relationships they can take a little while before we can get to that position where we know they're a hard no so when it comes to things like abuse and uh, violence uh, manipulation all of those things are you know they are kind of 
hard deal breakers, aren't they? But then there's some of those more kind of blurry lines around, um, well, you know, what am I... What am I being difficult if I feel like I push this point? Like, am I being difficult in that situation? Should I, should I just accept it? Like, where is the line? Like, is it what? Who's to say that my needs are greater than yours or my way is the right way? Um, I think this is just a real, real tricky one. Totally. Oh my gosh. So, well, let's start off with one wing of it, like. I want to actually start with this, the, the acceptance. Like what mm. would be the process by which you're looking at a particular behavior? Perhaps there's something that you're noticing, despite you bringing this up multiple times, nothing is really meaningfully changing. And you're at this crossroads where you're like, do I just accept this yeah. as being less than perfect, if perfection is what I subjectively decide? So what would have you err on the side of acceptance of a particular behavior? I think this is just hard for me because I generally think I'm quite accepting of a lot of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just let a lot of things go. Um, and I just think, is it really that important in the grand scheme of things? Is it really that important? The danger with this, and this is what I experienced in my uh, marriage uh, for a lot of the time, is acceptance then eventually turns into resentment mm-hmm. if we accept too much. So... If the things that we're letting slide and let it go actually are important to us, but we kind of just say, oh, do you know what? It doesn't matter. Then eventually that will lead to to resentment, to contempt and to the relationship breaking down. And I suppose I guess the question is, am I accepting something after a long period of trying to change it where the only other option Mm. is deal breaker? Or am I accepting things before I've even had the chance or had even opted to do the hard work of saying, look, this really bothers me. I'd like you to, I'd like yeah. us to change that, which breeds to the resentment of it never, well, it, it, it never got aired. And yeah. I've chosen to resent as opposed to bringing this into the public arena where my partner has a say in it. Mm. Yeah. But I tend to accept until I don't. I'm accepting, accepting, and then I blow up. That's, that's my yeah. pattern. Yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah. that's great, isn't it? Really works. <laughs> <laughs> totally works. Yeah, hence single start just 2023. <laughs> Don't do what I did. <laughs> but look, hey, listen, I recognize it. So, and I think within all of us, the communication and what we choose to share and not to share within our relationship is probably something that we're all working on all of the time yeah. to a varying degree. Mm-hmm. I think that even the happiest of couples probably still face challenges from time to time with communication and this this is what's behind the acceptance isn't it so you know the first thing is how important is this is this something that I am willing to let go and isn't going to come and bite me on the ass you know two years down the line because I've let go of it Mm -hmm. or is it something that just genuinely is not important to me and I can hand on my heart say look I'm not that bothered about whether we have blue tea towels or white tea towels, therefore I'm not going to raise it. Or, you know, is it something that I think, actually, no, you know, white tea towels are just the perfect thing that I need in my kitchen right now, mm-hmm. and I've got to raise it. And in which case, then we do need to have a bit of courage of our own convictions and, and raise some of those points. You know, I think where I often see is that people don't decide that it doesn't matter or that it's not important, but that it is important 
but they've tried their very best and they can see that their mm-hmm. partner has tried and still no bueno, <laughs> hasn't shifted much. So something pretty classic is this. And I, you know, I think I see in, in relationships where women are uh, involved with men, uh, women, we will, um, often expect for our partners to be able to preempt our needs and create emotional safety and emotional openness like mm. asking us how we are, or if we're like, oh, if we're if we're short tempered, that our partner will sort of sit with us and be like, what's wrong? I can really sense that something is wrong. <laughs> and men often, like, if there ain't a forest fire going on, they're not they're not engaged. Yeah, it's only when crisis hits, they're like, oh my gosh, action is needed. Mm. I think something that one might choose to accept is, look, I know that my partner will never. Um, I know that my partner is always going to start interrupting with a solution, but if I redirect them and say, Hey, I'm not sharing them because I need a, I, I don't need you to fix something right now. Mm. I need you to just listen. Then they're like, Oh yes. Okay. And then they sit, they sit and they engage They, you know, if you notice that your partner always needs to be redirected, but once they are redirected, they're a really great listener, then mm. you might accept, okay, you know what? I'm not going to assume that my partner is like my girlfriend. They're not going to intuitively know what I need. They will always need to be instructed. And my acceptance is, I accept that you will be supportive if I give you a little hint about how to support me. Mm. That is a pretty classic thing that I think would, you know, that I can't get that element from my spouse. I can get it from a therapist and from my girlfriends, for sure. But it's hard though, isn't it? Because the thought that pops into your head is, well, why should I have to tell you what to do? (laughs) And that's the problem. If they love me, they'll just know. Yeah. But that's actually a bullshit premise that was bred in the sort of renaissance sort of romantic age. This sort of we our brains will be connected through this ethereal link is bullshit. <laughs> it it is and that's what us relationship coaches are sorting out in our sessions is these assumptions that if you loved me you just know. Yeah. You just do it without asking. Yeah. And and I, I can, I swear to you, I swear I've talked to enough husbands. They literally don't know. They, they do not know. They're not trying to be assholes. They don't know. They just need a little bit of a prompt, a little bit of a hint. And the good ones are going to be, oh yeah, right. Got it. I'm on it. Mm. They just need constant reminders. Now that might be a deal breaker for you. You might be like, look, I'm sorry. I need to be with somebody who just intuitively knows like my girlfriends do. Cool. That, that is your choice. But if you choose, you know, that might be an important juncture for acceptance if you choose mm, to take it. Yeah. So how do we sort out deal breakers from the, I, the those areas in life where we say, actually, we're kind of, we're happy to accept them? Yeah. I mean, well, there's a safety check. Mm. You know, am I accepting something that's manipulative, that's yeah. violent, dangerous? Of course, those are deal breakers. Am I accepting something where, I really feel like this person is not prioritizing me. They truly, if they, ca- they truly, if they care, they would actually step up. Like if there's a real mm-hmm. gap there, I think that's something you may choose not to accept. Um, you know, am I accepting something? Cause I'm scared. I'm scared yeah. to leave. If I weren't scared to leave, would I, would this be a deal breaker? <laughs> that yeah. might be a sign that that's a deal breaker. And then values. Does this mm-hmm. fundamentally run out of alignment with my values like clash against my values yeah and that might be a deal breaker I think there's another area as well for me is around kind of um I guess life um life expectance um you know what is it 
how do I view my life playing out and are we aligned on that so that kind of I suppose that future vision are we how do we live our lives does it kind of you know are we living by the same standards do we want the the same or similar things I think it's okay to, to have some differences we're not saying that this is about kind of being fully aligned um with everything but if generally you're somebody who wants to travel explore the world um maybe you're somebody who's got their their eyes set on early retirement and that's something that's mm. really important to you or finances or you know maybe you're the exact opposite where you're just like I don't really care kind of whatever will be will be um I don't mind how long I work I don't mind how much money I earn if you've got some real big differences some real clashes there you know do I want kids to do I not want kids where you've got some big life decisions to be made and you have a completely different outlook Mm -hmm. I think that's absolutely something to to take a look at because will it work how in if you fast forward five years are those same kind of um allowances tolerances are they still going to be there for those some of those bigger situations Mm, wow that's a that's a really helpful, very profound visioning exercise. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you say, though, it's a scary thing to do, right? If, I, if I'm if i honest with myself and I look forward to five years and think about where we'll be in the relationship and um, my expectations versus my partner's expectations, if they're not aligned, then that, that is terrifying. It is. And acceptance kind of glosses over that. But it's it's not true acceptance if you choose to be quiet about it and just put up and tolerate. Yeah. I think the thing is is that acceptance is different than tolerating. If you're gonna if you're going to tolerate, yeah. tolerate is often fear driven, mm. and it's often I don't want to see the thing that I think I might see if I actually looked into the distant future. Yeah. So I'm going to just tolerate for now. But it's not the yeah. same as acceptance. No. With acceptance, there's more. There is a willingness. There's a there's a um there's you know cooperation there it is about I am I am going to accept something I'm willing to do that and I'm going to change something about the way I kind of frame something so that I'm able to to accept it it's it's an intent like you're you're in choice you're owning it yeah you're intentionally letting go of Mm -hmm. the fact that you wanted it to be slightly different that's the the key is not just accepting something Again, that's tolerating. Accepting is I choose this thing and I'm going to let go of that other expectation. Not easy. Yeah. Not easy. Const- no. And it's a dynamic process of becoming yeah. the person for whom you're either that need doesn't matter or you're getting that need from somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oof. That's there's a, again, a lot, yeah. there's a real need to know yourself, right? Yeah shit <laughs> God, I keep coming back to that damn I tell you this is like whoa this is like rough on a January day whoa it's good but like but this is this is it there are so we many have of us renewed energy remember well and that's the thing <laughs> and some of it is calling out our own bullshit right like yeah being on to yourself mm. is look um because tolerating because it looks similar to acceptance it can make you yeah yeah I think when you when you tolerate something though, there's still that inner grating that happens. Yeah. 
Like you still got gritted teeth, haven't you? You're kind of, mm. it's more grin and bear it. Like there's still that resistance there. And, you know, that's destructive over time. Whereas when you accept something, there's ease, there's flow, there's, I'm letting it wash over me. It's like, you know, the, you know, it's like the tide coming in and out. It's flowing. It's, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's just there. It's happening. I'm, and I'm okay with it. There isn't any resistance. Well, and let's draw up a, per- per- a perfect picture. We've just come out of the holiday season. Before you went into the holiday season, we left the listeners with a, we know this is just a grin and bear it season. Make the best of it. That's tolerating. Yeah. Yes. You were probably yeah. tolerating through the holidays. Yeah. But now that the holidays are over, people have returned home, it's back to work as mm. usual. Now it's the time to decide, am I going to shit or get off the pot? Am I going to accept you're so right. Yeah. So whatever you had to do to get over the holidays, good for you. Bravo. Tolerance can, can serve you temporarily in our coaching. Yeah. Uh, we consider that a level three lens, which is just tolerating massage. It's if you're in a situation where it serves you to just get through, yeah. keep on, carry on, but you can't ride that for, you will not want to choose that forever. No. Oh, Okay. Hard right. stuff, hard <laughs> stuff, but hopefully a little bit of guidance about the difference between, you know, what, what you may choose to accept and what you may choose to then uh, select as a yeah. deal breaker and end of relationship. Yeah. Oh, or a deal breaker can also be, Hey partner, I've decided this is a deal breaker. And that's a, that's a clear communication that it's really important. So it, just bringing it into the realm of this is a really yeah. high priority item to resolve somehow. Yeah, absolutely. And we, I suppose we have to be a bit aware of some of the attachment style stuff because sometimes we can go into this and we do this exploration, we work out kind of who we are and we do all of this in silence. And then we say, right, okay, this relationship is not for me. Um, I'm off. Yeah, it's. And we can really play into some of those, um, you know, that avoidant attachment style. Um, And we do need to when we consider fairness and kindness and compassion, the the kindest thing is to give somebody else the grace to show up differently, to respond, um, to listen to um, your latest revelations <laughs> and then choose how they respond accordingly. Yeah, totally. Perhaps on a future episode, we may tackle when you have an insecure attachment style, how do you detect a real red flag from yeah. a false red flag? Yeah. Is it really a deal breaker? Yeah. Reduce the need to cut and run. <laughs> right. Stay tuned. <laughs> Coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> to a podcast near you. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Shall we um, switch it up and move to a question? Yeah, let's do it. Today's question. I don't feel like my husband and I are emotionally connected. I just know that he is going to say that everything is okay and we are fine as we are if I bring this up. How do I fix it? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love this. I love this. I love this. So strongly connected with the discussions that we've already had today around acceptance, deal breakers, around um, being heard. So... I mean, this listener clearly doesn't feel hurt, but, um, but I would also question, have they shared 
Absolutely. And the funny thing is they don't feel that the relationship is emotionally connected. What if their yeah. partner absolutely feels that they're emotionally connected? There's yeah. probably a total disagreement about whether this is an emotionally connected relationship or to what yeah. degree. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And then finally the words, how do I fix this? Again, <laughs> there's so much details in the words that we choose, right? Yeah. And that wonderful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's the clear, I mean, this person has has explored the topic, you know, judge and jury, um, already come to a conclusion and uh, you know, then decided it's absolutely a waste of time to discuss any of this. <laughs> Um, but I still want to fix it. Totally. Give me the magic wand. Tell yeah. me how to do this. Oh, of course. Yeah. Here's the magic wand. Yeah. Joking. There is no <laughs> such thing. <laughs> so what do you think the partner's narrative is? If you were to go ask him, you know, what do you think is going on? Because it's interesting. Like he does engage. He's like, everything's going to be fine. Like there's this, what do you think is going on for him? Well, I, it's hard to say, right? Because we're not in the relationship. I think often in this situation, we we have different needs in um, in a relationship. We have different ways of connecting. We have different ways of expressing how we're feeling. Um, often there's a desire to um, to not face difficult challenges, to just keep things on an even keel. I almost don't right. want to lift the rug for fear of what mm. might be under there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be easier to kind of shut things down we don't actually know though in this instance if this person I'm totally betting my bottom dollar this person hasn't even raised it so there's a whole conversation a whole narrative that's going on for the listener and but none of this is happening with that with their partner so I'd question the validity of obviously you know perception is reality and this is that person's perception but kind of just question and challenge some of the um some of the thoughts and beliefs that are there mm-hmm. so you know first of all kind of why is it that you don't feel emotionally connected let's explore that what would that look like for you mm-hmm. if you were fully emotionally connected with your husband mm-hmm. how you know what would what would he be doing what would you be doing how would things be different in your relationship what would you what would you be seeing what would you be feeling what would you be hearing and then I'd question this challenge this this thought around you know I know what my husband's gonna say Mm, okay yeah maybe your husband might surprise you has he ever surprised you before yeah I love those little jolts that we get and I get them uh, from time to time where my partner will say something and I'm like oh I wasn't expecting that (laughs) isn't that nice and it's kind of and it, it pokes you out of that kind of that um that world that you're living in where you think you know it all yeah yeah <laughs> like I think I know how he's going to respond I think I know what he's going to say I think I know what he's feeling but then every so often they'll say something which actually you think oh that wasn't the reaction or the response I was expecting I know because we f- we don't fully ever know somebody else I mean god we no. don't even we don't ever know ourselves we no we reach the end of our life not ever knowing so how the hell would we ever be able to know or predict our partner fully oh totally yeah i do have to say though that like i think that there's one version of the story where the Mm. person writing in has not ever brought this up with clarity with real you know clearly to their partner having said that i actually coach men who are Mm. constantly hearing you're not emotionally available Mm. and and the problem is is that like 
most men are like, what does that even mean? And so it's deer caught in the headlights. And the, and the problem is, is it's, it's read as really insensitive, but men shut down, they become a deer caught in the headlights and they say the same thing like, oh, we're fine. It's okay. Because they have no sweet clue what you're talking about. Yeah. They have no idea how to action it. And so that's an, that's another version of the story is yes, this person has been talking, ha, has been raising this as an issue the whole time yeah. and then gets this really like lame, shallow kind of response because your partner is stunned. They're in shock. They have no idea. Yeah. They, they don't have the tools. They don't have the awareness. They don't have the communication strategies. They don't know the yeah. question. You know, those questions in the relationship news, right? Ask yeah. clarifying questions, reflect back and paraphrase, be empathetic. How does that feel? Like they don't know <laughs> any of these. Yeah. So yeah. I think, you know, the world's moved, hasn't it? Like it, it does all the time. We know that, that things change. It. I was reading something the other week and it said about um, the number one thing that people look for when they're dating in a partner is emotional vulnerability. Mm. So if we're like, we've really kind of, you know, moved on to, talking about our feelings and sharing who we are opening up but not everybody's moved at the same pace and as you say we haven't been given the right tools to be able to do that you know we like life to be the way that we are comfortable with and anything that moves or deviates from that kind of makes us feel absolutely terrified Mm -hmm. so if we're thinking about kind of how do we provide a solution to this it's got to be about how do I set this situation up in such a way that my husband doesn't feel terrified, mm-hmm. that my husband has um, is being given the kind of chance or the opportunity or can see a place or a space to go to. Mm, totally. Oh my gosh. I, like oftentimes I'm just coaching one of the people in this equation mm. and the expectation is that, nope, you don't get any freebies. You don't get any, you don't get any hints. You can't, ask an audience you can't call a friend like you know and and that's 50 <laughs> it's it's really yeah it's it's super super hard for these folks who you know i'm just asking like thaw the ground a little bit for these poor men and just like give them a, throw them a bone for god's sakes but like yeah that is like a chance a, a setup for success yeah I think it's important to say as well, it's not just men that face this, right? There's a lot of women that are not able to be in touch with their own emotions. They don't know how to feel things. They don't know, very kind of head-driven. They don't even know how to describe what's going on. Um, So it's not just men that are affected by this. We see this, um, you know, across the board. But what it is, is where you've got two people where one is kind of highly emotional Mm -hmm. um, and highly connected with their own emotions and one that isn't we see this kind of disconnect. Yeah. You know, I think you mentioned that the most sought after uh, sort of quality in new relationships or modern relationships is emotional vulnerability. Mm. I think what kind of terrifies that is that's kind of like a bunch of people driving cars without ever having had a lesson because what can mimic emotional vulnerability is actually oversharing. Yeah. I have a lot of people that I know who are very vulnerable but they kind of toss out sort of the easy bits. They're not actually vulnerable. They, they'll they overshare. Yeah, but that's not true vulnerability though, is it? No, that's a thing. So yeah, I mean, the thing is there's no workaround for the hard work of learning how to be vulnerable. And mm. and uh, yeah, my gosh, yeah. 
kind of terrifies me that like, so then I see on a bunch of Tinder apps, like what's your, what's your best quality? Oh, emotional vulnerability. Oh my God. Seriously. Yeah. 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 (laughs) My gosh. (laughs) Okay. So how does she fix this? (laughs) Again, you know, real clarity on kind of what it is that you, what is it I'm expecting that I'm not receiving? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, is, is that, am I being fair in that expectation? Um, how do I position a conversation with my partner that doesn't kind of, you know, that can end in success? So how can I remember that, you know, I'm on the same side as my, as my husband? Yeah. I want it, if I want a positive outcome from this, how could I position it in such a way that gives him a kind of almost a solution? Yeah. And the thing is, and work with what you've got is that your partner can do a lot of work, uh, but they'll reach a certain ceiling beyond which there may be just kind of the way they are. Yeah, I, That gets to the acceptance bit is you, you can certainly see some change, which would be motivated by love for you. Mm. But beyond a certain point, you can't turn them into somebody else. And I think what I'm also noticing too, there's, there's kind of this point where uh, I'm going to say a lot of women become very dissatisfied with the way, uh, with their life, with the way it's gone, mm. certain things that they feel they've given up or, or things that they haven't done, call it a midlife crisis. And then they start, you know, throwing beefs at their partner and wanting them to change and become something, this emotionally available thing. I'm kind of, cu- it's coming up as a, as you, you know, you're not emotionally available. I think it's covering up for a lot of dissatisfaction that comes from within because the yeah. question is, what is the unmet need? Just like you asked. And yeah. where should I actually be looking for that need to be met partially within me, mm. friends, yeah. other things and partner, but not solely partner. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, there's a theme that I'm noticing mm. with my clients that, uh, because you can, you can start to set your partner up for success, but, uh, if that need cannot ever be met fully with your partner and you're expecting that you're never going to get success you're always going to be setting the bar way higher than is possible but that's part of setting it up for success right isn't it so it's saying what's re what's realistic yeah yeah you know we're not just saying kind of here's my full list of demands yeah. and you need to meet them by three o'clock um yeah. you know otherwise that's it we're done and dusted yeah. um you know it is about being realistic right, and if right. we start with you know what do i mean by emotionally connected what would be kind of just a couple of small things mm. that would make a difference? Yeah. And on the other side of that coaching equation, I'll often coach. So one of the big things that I'm coaching a, a lot of my men is, is create time on the calendar for quality time and stick with it. Schedule it. Yeah. Scheduling is love, everyone. Um, <laughs> you're not going to remember organically because life is just going to get in the way and the transactional stuff will just overwhelm. So get your calendar out and put a standing appointment once, twice Mm. a week and just creating the time to sit with your partner and say, Hey, how are things going? What's coming up for you? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Creating the time infers that there is the will and the desire and the love. Um, and even if you totally flub it up and your partner starts talking and you immediately start intruding with suggestions and fixes, Mm. you know, yeah, but at least you've created the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we are back in the groove, baby. Oh my gosh, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's 
all coming so fast. I'm like, I want to, I want to fix everybody. <laughs> and then where's that coming from? Maybe it's because I want to fix myself. Oh, don't they say it's a mirror. Yeah. Yep. It is. And remember, I've got all of 2023. Like I don't have to get everything solved in January. Absolutely. Start with the small things. Small things. Yeah. It's all about the baby steps. Oh yeah. You've got it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but my um, my belly is rumbling. Oh gosh! Okay, yes, it's time for you to nourish. It is indeed. Yes. Well, it has been a pleasure to get back on the horse and get back in yes. the groove. Yes. And yes. Um, yeah. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.